0: The Sausage Factory which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me Chris O'Regan. In this show we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what the developers are and who inspires them. Split into two halves show initially focused on the developer themselves and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote which in this case is Beast of Balance by a sensible object. George. Hello. Who are you Thanks. and what do you do? <laughs>
1: Uh, so I'm George Buckingham. Uh, I'm v21 on Twitter and v21 just generally around on the internet. Um, and I am a game designer. I'm the game designer of Piece of Balance and of some other kind of digital, physical, kind of um, weird hybrid kind of t- games, games, toys, things.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I first encountered it at Res uh, a couple of years ago. Must be. Sure. And yeah.
1: No. No. It was uh, about three years ago now. Yeah. I think.
0: Is in the left field collection and um the thing about the left field collection is this all most of the games there are not there for to be sold on to go on to anything they're just like oh this is funny isn't it it's a bit weird isn't it it's a bit odd and uh so when i saw well it wasn't Lisa Balanced then it was something else but it was the prototype for it and it's like oh this is awesome this is see like they it's awesome though no one's going to buy a scale why would I buy a scale why would I they- no just no awesome concept though good luck with that and then I walked away and forgot about it because I thought that's what I mean, for me it's just a big slosh of ideas in left field collection if you ever go to res anyone listen to the show or in DDTX just go to the left field collection just walk down there and go weird stuff it's awesome It's never going to see the light of day how wrong I was <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, so I mean, like, I there's uh, I mean, we could go, go for ages, actually, if we want to, with like, different projects I've made that kind of fit into that category. Um, I mean, which, I mean, you say they never see the light of day, but like, that's the kind of place that they do get seen, like, they are I, I games that yeah, only, well, work, only work for events and only work for kind of traveling around, and yeah. you need to have these kind of events, and you need to be hooked into this kind of scene in order to see them, but, you know, the things that you can do if you only have to make one copy of a thing yeah. are pretty cool. Um,
0: so, so is yeah, that, like... Yeah, is that how you made your start doing this stuff? Uh, not quite how I made my
1: start. So I've been working in kind of indie games for a while. Um, I used to work for a kind of um, like a work-for-hire games company uh, called PLA Studios. Made right. some game, games for like various music companies to promote singles. Um, okay. So I made thing for an Azalea Banks and a game for a Mac Miller. Uh, Azalea Banks Feedback, she saw the game that we'd made and her only bit of feedback was, uh, can you make my bum bigger?
0: Wow. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, it was cool though. She was swimming as a mermaid around collecting some coins. Um,
0: this is a Flash yeah. game, was it? Or uh,
1: it was it was in Unity, but I think we were using the Flash export, which existed yeah. for a very brief period around that time.
0: Which yeah, is but now, that kind of which is now dead. Flash is now well, now gone. Well, um, it's it'll
1: survive on just about for another couple of years. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean, but, yeah
0: formally walked away from it and said, exactly. "Okay, fine." And it's quite interesting that. Well, they said all the Flash is gone. Whereas the Microsoft said we're killing paint. Like, no, you you can't, you can't kill off paint. You, you can't. That's 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 a that's a symbol. You can't. You can't. But, but so no one uses it though. No, we do seriously. But I'm I'm, yeah.
1: I'm definitely more sad about Flash. Like, it's so yeah. so many great games and so many great developers now who are basically still making the same Flash games that were making back in the day.
0: New grounds. Yeah, yeah.
1: Gold, a golden
0: age. So sorry, I interrupted. Um, yeah, I yes. do. Yeah, carry on. So, yeah, uh, So, yeah, no, I've, I've been
1: working in kind of indie games in that kind of sense. I then went on and joined a indie game project with um, Dakota Fabrique, who made um, JS Joust, which is kind of also in this kind of space of event games and also did get finally released Sports Friends. Um, so, I was working with a with them on a project called Metasione, which mm-hmm. is still in development. Um, it's kind of really beautiful kind of narrative looking game. Um, and then I got a call from Alex Fleetwood, who's the founder of the company, Sensible Object, like piece of Balance saying, hey, do you wanna, and we kind of made a break from development on Matassione. It's like, hey, do you wanna come work on this weird prototype kind of thing I'm putting together? Um, and I was like, yeah, that sounds, sounds like fun. So I kind of joined and the game kind of started coming together from there and like, whilst I was making money doing this other game stuff, I was also involved in a bunch of this kind of going around to events, going around to putting on events and making games for events. Um, and a bunch of the stuff I'd done was kind of, yeah, this kind of making games, this kind of physical component and stuff where you're like, yep, there's absolutely no business model for it, but it's a cool thing and we can make one of them and show it off and there's lots do, of interesting interaction
0: with it. Did you do the one with the two puppets who are beaten the, the, the stuffing out of each other? It wasn't uh, new, was it? No. Two puppets. No, no, no. But uh, it was I mean, the reason I mentioned that is because that's something else I saw at Left Field Collection. there's two puppets that had sensors in them, and then they reported the impacts on an iPad, and then oh, just, that's
1: great.
0: And they were all Bluetoothed up, and you just basically beat the you know the stuffing out of each other. No, and, I haven't uh, seen that. That sounds great, though. It yeah, it's fantastically sort of like visceral attack. And then <laughs> someone said, "So how are you gonna market this?" And the expression on the developer's face, like. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, have you seen the state of these things? They look—they've only been there for three days, and look at them. This, don't be ridiculous. It was just like all of them was like, and, and that's what I love about Leftfield it's like, yep, it's just proof of concept. It's just an idea. It looks like, like of know, fun. It's awesome. You know? uh,
1: yeah like video video games is not just the games industry it's like culture it's you know yeah it's, exactly. it's
0: making the games for the sake of making a game and i've tried to explain this to people sometimes when they haven't been there or witnessed this and they go wait they just made it for the sake of yes why would you well okay put it this way why would anyone write fan fiction oh yeah yeah not, not to really sell I mean, you can't do that anyway why do people do these things why do well they- you know look
1: at, look at Twilight
0: oh god yeah sorry that's a bad example but you know what I mean it's um yeah um, yeah no, no I, I definitely know what you mean though yeah yeah it's um it's it's yeah th- sparkling vampires what's that about um so you got me going now um yeah so that's a quiet transition for making what I would call traditional indie indie vertical whatever that blasted means these days I don't know what it means, Um, because, you know, it's something, you know, what is it, it a small team?
1: I've stopped saying indie developer anymore, I I just say small scale. Small scale developer, developer.
0: small scale there, because you could have the triple I, do you remember that, sort of, up to his head? Like, please, please stop, please, please, no, no, (laughs) commentators, cease, (laughs) I'm one of them. I'd
1: use it. I'd use it if it got me a few more sales for a game. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not above yeah. it all. But yeah.
0: No. It's a, So and 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 just to get a little bit deeper here, you, you you how when did you really start making? How how young were you? Is it something you've been doing for since you were you know a fetus or what?
1: Um, so like I'd always kind of messed around with stuff, but I mean it was actually only after I'd finished university basically that I was like, oh yeah, no shit. Um, like a. Um, like there was this kind of game design competition kind of thing uh, like a summer summer program you could do called dare to be digital
0: right. um
1: And uh, so one year I applied for that with a bunch of friends and we came up with these cool ideas and like I said a computer science department so this was all kind of fairly straightforward thing to kind of have come around and go oh yeah that looks cool, sure. Uh, So I applied for that We got really excited about the idea and then got rejected. Mm. Um, So then I was kind of bitter about it for a while and then the next summer it came around and I got together with I think actually a similar group of friends, had a different idea and we applied and we were also rejected and then I was even more bitter about it. Um, and I decided to use this business constri- constructively by um, just going, well, I don't need, don't need to do this program to make a game. I can make it all by myself. Right. Um, so then, then like, the summer after I left university, I was like, cool. And I spent I don't know, a few weeks, and I made this game and put it out, and I was like, ah, that was actually really fun. Um, so, yeah, and then, then at that point, I was like, cool, I guess I'm a game developer. Huh, what are these things called? Indie games? Yeah, uh, yeah kind of got involved in the scene and in people around that and um, made friends within that but I, especially when I moved back down to London made, made friends also within kind of indie games and kind of yeah things kind of spiralled from there I ended up getting my first job in games as a result of hanging out with those people and yeah it's kind of snowballed from there.
0: London is an extraordinary uh, place in that it's ridiculously expensive expensive to live anywhere near it yet, <laughs> yet you do gain you know, the community is vast and very, very, very creative and uh, doesn't seem to accept any limits on what it does. It just goes and goes off and does things. Um, it's,
1: it's just so large that there's a community for everything, um, which is actually something I kind of miss from smaller cities where, like, because there is a smaller scene therefore yeah. you do kind of mingle like game developers have to mingle with people who make apps with people mm. who do websites with kind of artists and you have this kind of a bit more kind of cross-pollination between disciplines whereas in london it's like well why would we hang out with the people who do almost the same thing there's enough of us doing exactly the same thing to hang yes. out with ourselves so yeah not, not worth talking to them and no. that can kind of close you off a bit
0: yeah um, nine million of- people they'll do it you know it's uh no, we were just chatting about London on board just before we started recording, and there's a, the world's largest board game group. It genuinely is. And uh, it has 9,000 members, I think. Might be 10,000 now. Um, because they have events every day. You know, they, you mm-hmm. hear about, oh, Tabletop Day. Like, wait, that's every day. What you, what's wrong with you? Like, people say, oh, we're holding a special monthly. or no, we're going to be playing board games all day. Like... Sorry, this is a regular thing. What are you talking about? I mean, it's just, we don't take it for granted. Never, never take it for granted. But it's something that we do. You know, it's, it's a pub in the middle of London. And we, the, the people congregate, 50 people congregate, play board games all day and then disperse. Because right. and about,
1: yeah, sorry. And the, yeah, and like because you've got that, it means that you can kind of specialize off and yeah. only hang out with the people who play exactly the games you want to play. And exactly, it doesn't, we, doesn't become an occasion.
0: No, we even limit to the type of games played. No collectible card games and no RPGs because they create cliques, <laughs> and they don't work. Cliques don't work with clubs like that. So no, you can't do CCGs and you can't do um, RPGs because there's other groups for those. You know. Yeah. Exactly um yeah so i i do not I, it's one of the reasons i like living here is because uh of the you know it, it, you can pretty much do anything we, and there's other people of similar similar interests although we're going into <coughs> dangerous territory when we start going into that and anyway um here are beasts of balance with the extraordinary game which we'll go into detail later on in this show before we yeah, do yeah. what are your biggest influences as a creator of things
1: as a creator, oh, I don't, so yeah. Like I, I remember you mentioning this kind of in the introduction. I was like, oh, what, what am I going to say? What, what yeah. are my biggest influences? Um, like I think it's just other people who are also in this kind of indie game scene and kind of yeah. slightly outside of it. Like, um, like one of the best things about being existing in this scene and stuff is meeting people and um, like the people who made uh, Thomas and Tamás. Um, sorry, yeah. Uh, the people who made uh, Kentucky Route Zero, for
0: example. Oh, wow, yeah. There's, there's um, a like,
1: like meeting them and being like, ah, oh, I can chat to you about, like, you know, Unity being a, being a dick to us.
0: Um, <laughs> Less so <laughs> well, now, but back then, yes. Right, exactly. But just,
1: you know, like, having those kind of common, common frustrations and then being like, but you're also currently making, like, the best video game, as far as I can see, that exists. And I'm hanging out with you and chatting to you, and, like, this is not a thing. Like, that's... I don't know. It's another weird kind of flat. It's
0: okay to meet your heroes, most part, when it comes to this industry. Maybe not right, exactly. But generally, they're awesome people. Um, you know, the chap behind Proteus. I've forgotten his name now. Eki, should... uh, yes. Yes. Lovely. Lovely, man. Yeah. Eki, lovely. I'm, doesn't I'm have also, an ego. also friends with him. Doesn't have an ego. He doesn't have one. Like, do you realise what you made here? <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> people was still talking about it after all these years. Like, yeah, it was a thing. No, I'm doing something else now but that was a thing I did. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh oh. you know and, and the other people like papers please and um, and, uh, um gone gone home of course and yeah. all these yeah. these you know linchpin games that changed everything. You know, if you had gone to a publisher 5 years ago, maybe not five, 10, let's do 10. Cuz I'm forgetting it's 2017. Can't forget that. Um if you've gone 10 years ago and it showed them given that proof of point, you know, of of uh concept and 20 of those games and they would have they would have forcibly thrown, they were defenestration they would have been evident right to throw you through <coughs> the window get out to my office get out
1: but there's there's a kind of interesting thing where like if you went to them 20 years ago and showed them this kind of thing, then actually maybe they would have been yeah. more on board with it again.
0: Yeah, like they would have I kind been, of yeah. miss
1: when when I was growing up, I remember playing like having like these kind of shareware CDs of oh, like 600 600 things, but it was like 600 things. It wasn't 600 games. It was like games in there, but jumbled up among like wallpapers and screensavers. Yeah. And, random other kind of
0: creative Public software domain, and, I remember that, it was all very strange But yeah, yeah. or like cover
1: discs and like they just yeah. throw any old software they could find on it um, they,
0: Yeah, they had nothing, so they had to put something on there
1: exactly, and it was kind of a, a, a yeah, I don't know, it was kind of nice before things got segregated into this is a game and this isn't a game and yeah, yeah. kind of, you know, the stuff that you find on Steam and then this stuff is not a game so why is it? Why should it be around and yeah, kind it's kind of really rigid policing of these boundaries.
0: It's cyclical isn't it um, and the way it is but um yeah the the, the sheer um uh, breadth of, of game experience now, well you know what is a game like everyone's gone to the rapture, and for me, one of the lovely questions I always want to ask, but never actually got properly answered is if everyone's gone to the rapture, who the hell are you uh yeah, I know I mean like but the game
1: is the game yeah. is very much about that, yeah have, like,
0: you, have you ever seen the punch drunk show
1: um like uh, so they're kind of immersive theatre company and you're kind of wandering around and um, there's a kind of thing there where you're watching this dialogue unfold you're given masks and so you're not right. kind of allowed oh, to yes, interact Oh yes, I've heard
0: about them. this Yes, yeah
1: Exactly and it has a really v- similar kind of video game experience where you're right. just kind of ghosts or a viewpoint floating through
0: Yeah, so who are um, you? I mean, you're you opening doors and right. everyone's gone but who are you? And <laughs> you're following this light around like are you one of those i mean that's the thing it's a lump- yeah you just in the standard yeah. video game
1: observer kind of configuration
0: yeah you're just you're that you're, you're the light you're following around you're one of those but i don't yeah i know it's weird right you're not a big <laughs> space marine this time no you're an ethereal thing that probably caused all this in the first place
1: i mean it's also like uh i don't know yeah i was reading it someone was posting something interesting about like kind of how in almost all games like looking is free you never get punished for looking at a thing and, oh. like you know like play, playing Half-Life 2 you're kind of running around and like there's the kind of cutscene bits happening and you're running around and doing a dance and everything like that and characters don't respond to that or no one no. ever tells you off for looking at the wrong person in this kind of oppressive society you know which you can imagine guards snapping at you because you look at them like
0: you're not well, just Well it did around, happen oh. in Half-Life 2 though didn't it? if they gave you the cup and then you say yeah, throw that cup away and then you threw the cup at the guard. And
1: right, so if you threw the cup at the guard but not yes. for like looking at the guard you never, had, oh, to, I see. You'd never yeah. had to care about where you were looking and this is always kind of a free action and this is kind of an interesting thing in the same way that you're kind of used to being this kind of floating non, non-interacting non with the environment yeah. kind of observer in a lot of games.
0: I've played some games recently that they actually break that rule uh, right. but you're right, The, for the most part you're in this floating nebulous thing uh, and that's fine, but when the game breaks that rule, is that actually does interact with where you're looking? Um, you know, and that's that, that's quite fun. I mean, it's also uh, another game that, uh, that plays with the fact that the machine's only rendering what you can see. When you move away, it stops. Yeah. You don't know that because that's a programming thing. It's about saving <coughs> resources. It's not always there. Hmm. It has to re-render it as soon as you move move your mouse across or what have you. So you know you can have fun with that you can like um i think it was bikes with um <coughs> bikes with not oh swords or i can't remember what it's called the dust but i've had them on the show but anyway knights and bikes, and bikes i think it's something like that um and it's set in the 80s it's a bit like stranger things but they did it before stranger things came became a thing so and anyway um yeah knights and bikes and uh they um, have a thing where there's little gnomes every now and again just dotted mm-hmm. around the scenery and if you move away from the scenery and you return the same spot the gnome their face would change slightly ah. and then it would change again And like why why is the gnome changing well he's not he was there and then he's gone and there's another one yeah, it's a different gnome yeah he's a gnome that's what gnomes do <laughs> yeah that's lovely it's, um, yeah it's, yeah
1: I mean, you can also get this, like, um, farming in Minecraft has the same kind of thing where, um, you know, in order to run a, like, you know, you can do this kind of farming of, um, like, mobs by, you create a spawner and then they all get kind of funneled down into this thing and then die and you can go and collect all their stuff. Um, But you need to be nearby so that mobs keep spawning because the mobs don't spawn if you're not there.
0: That's right. That's right. That little conceit. That's how it works. Good. So the next question then, <laughs> which I think you've answered this already, which is not uncommon. Um, what developer do you most admire in the industry and why?
1: Ah, oh, yeah,
0: that good. Hmm.
1: I wish, I, I wish, yeah, I wish I, I wish I could. I wish I could uh, make games like Robert Yang and write like Robert Yang.
0: Right. Uh, like,
1: are you aware of his his stuff?
0: Uh, forgive me. Just remind me. Yeah.
1: So he, he teaches at uh, NYU, um, obviously in New York, um, and he makes he's made a series of kind of vignette games about, um, like he's been doing a bunch of bunch of games about about the kind of gay experience. Um, so he made Stick Shift. He recently made the Tea Room. Um, and all of these are like both really well thought out and kind of tread the line of being about something, but also not, they don't fall into just kind of representing it aesthetically and they don't fall right. into it just representing it mechanically. Um, they're kind of super, yeah, super interestingly thought out, super political. He's like on this ongoing thing because his, his games keep getting banned from Twitch, um, because they are very gay, basically. Right. Um, And obviously violence is fine, but dicks are really not. So like his latest game, The Tea Room, um, is about going into a public toilet and like cruising cruising to have sex sex with guys there by like making the right kind of eye contact. Yeah, maybe this was where it came up, making the right kind of eye contact with them. And you need to watch out that they're not an undercover cop who's going to bust you for
0: it. Right.
1: But so, when you do, like, manage to do that, you then go, like, kneel down, and then you're, like, looking at the guns that they have coming out of their crotch. Um, because, of course, you know, having dicks would be would be bad and would get him banned from Twitch, but guns are fine, so obviously it's fine to have a gun in this, this scenario oh, as well.
0: good heavens.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, all of his games are super well thought through, and he applies this, like, I mean... I'm generally not a fan of this kind of, like, brown realism, just trying to, like, hit hit this kind of realistic, kind of authentic tone. I think it's much better if you go this kind of stylistic kind of thing like Kentucky Route Zero does. But he, he goes for that realistic thing, um, and he, he manages to totally nail it, like, as a small team, like, hitting this. So, yeah, I, I really admire his stuff. Um, mm, okay. And he writes really beautifully about his stuff as well and has a really good kind of viewpoint on... You know he's making these games, but he also was aware that like his writing about them and how he's presenting them is as important as the games themselves, which I think is something that a lot of indies kind of underappreciate.
0: It's something that's very under, of course it is, massively underrepresented. It's generally the the, the um, heterosexual is default, <coughs> and to be fair, it is the majority. That's why it's default, because it is the majority. But it's that's not the point. Um, right-handed is the majority as well um, it doesn't mean you know left-handed can't be represented and um, I'm going to a quagmire here that maybe I can't think <laughs> myself are so but I'm getting to a point uh, all, all, I, all,
1: I, all I want to say here is is that um, it makes me very happy to see Dream Daddy is
0: yes.
1: currently number one in the charts it, like the uh, explicitly gay visual novel is currently the thing that most people are buying on steam feels like a feels like a good position to have got to and one that's like taken a bunch of work by a lot of people to kind of get to
0: yeah yeah it's a, uh, it's certainly uh, it's important that these things happen i mean it's similar to well i'm not going to dismiss it um please don't think that but i think Something I've said many times on the show before, but not recently, is that we need more developers making video games that have no interest <coughs> in Star Wars. <laughs> sure, yeah. Basically. Um, and, you know, it's, Star Wars is fine, thank you very much. But I think we've had our fill, and uh, let's, let's make more games like Kentucky Route Zero and, and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, Beast of Balance, which is bonkers in all the right <laughs> way all the right way uh, and uh, I, I can't believe how beautiful it all is but we're rushing ahead ourselves because we've got one more question to ask in this first half so well done George you've almost made it you've almost broken the back <laughs> we're entering the hump now of, uh, of the show so well done ten, 10 mile mark maybe uh, and this is one of my favourite questions to ask on the show because one of the greatest things about developers is that they are a fan of the work they are work the the medium that they work in. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking you, sir, what are you playing right now? Uh,
1: right now, like I was saying about like kind of brown games, I'm right. currently playing the first like brown game that I've played in a while. Uh, I'm playing Plunkbat, um, Plunkbat, or Player Unknown's Battlegrounds.
0: Oh right, <laughs> yes, yeah. We're we're trying to get him on the show. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I've got a I've got a long history of the PR company that's repping them, and we're we're getting them on. Swear good, it. Good, good, Look at that man; they're uh, lovely people. I think they don't know what they've made. <laughs> they don't know what they've made, and uh, bless them, I think they should be applauded for it. But is it a brown
1: game, really, George? I, it, really d- it definitely is. It like it goes into that kind of like grim Soviet realism. Like he's concerned about like making yes, it
0: but it's ironic, isn't correct. it? yeah he's doing all that it's armour we know that you and I know that yeah it's, yeah exactly
1: like which um, I like. I, I loved uh, Stalker the original Stalker back yeah, in the day so yeah, like yeah. I still have some kind of a, a- affection for this aesthetic um, but yeah no I mean I don't know if it's ironic then why why are all the costumes so bad all the clothing options they're all just incredibly just really naff like I know. kind of kind of in a charming way but also
0: you that's know, that's, that's what they're pushing for I believe I'm mean, going stand by it it may be wrong but I don't care <laughs> um, but no, it's like the, there's, a, there's a coat
1: that's like like everyone I know calls it the Matrix coat, which you know. Oh yes, you,
0: the, matrix, if, the if, long if, the long coat. yeah exactly. Got... If the
1: if the coolest thing in your cl- in your game is clearly stolen from the Matrix in 2017, then anyway uh, but no it's, but it's also it's also a brilliant game and I'm super enjoying it and I'm finding it super thrilling like I, I generally play it every every couple of nights just like a game or two before before going to bed and yeah like every time it kind of turns out differently and goes a place you didn't expect and like it it has this I, don't, I really like the kind of um like honesty to it like it's mm. not afraid to be kind of imbalanced or unfair or kind of it puts you in this kind of stark situation and there's not in like a load of these kind of multiplayer games there's a kind of really careful kind of balancing of like well if you've got this thing can be counted this way and the kind of structures are set up very precisely to make everything fair but because every kind of lands in the same position it's kind of fine that yeah. you know you're up against somebody who's got much better weapons or it kind of goes against you or something random happens or you jump out and then you have to run all the way across to the other side of the map to get within the circle that's, that's just kind of the way it plays out and it, it's a it's not afraid to be kind of arbitrary and unfair in that kind of way, which I I super admire, and it leads to just more, much more interesting stuff.
0: Yeah, I and mean, player unknown has come out of nowhere with this weird game. And he's,
1: but he's not. I don't think he's come out of nowhere though. Like, uh, it's kind of interesting to me is like because he basically this is like the f- fourth kind of. Um, Battle Royale kind of thing. He'd made it as a bunch of mods, and he'd kind of got reasonably big within the mod scene, uh, making okay. these kind of games. So he'd had a bunch of practice at it, and he'd like had a chance to kind of look at that. And right. then this is his him going like, "Ah, oh, I've made a bunch of mods in this way. Um, let's get a dead team together and make a standalone make thing." A
0: standalone thing. So it's, it's a Rocket League story, then, isn't it?
1: Yeah, because Rocket exactly.
0: League came out as an original game. Like right? cars, football, no. Okay. Here it is again. Oh, this is awesome! Yeah, like we said. Yeah, thanks. And so, yeah, it's. um, But I I think wonderfully the the fact that they've elevated the frying pan as the best weapon of all time, (laughs) and piece and piece of armor at the same time is just amazing. yeah, Yeah, it's just like wow. I mean, I. I've been watching streams sometimes and like, well, I've got the prime pan. I've won. I've won the game. I have won. <laughs> and he was just marching around. you know, proudly, like, I'm invincible. I am now. I've got the prime pan. Like, what's wrong with you? And he turned out to be right. He won. He got your chicken dinner. <laughs> like, wow. It's like, Cause it's oh. great watching people play it well, but it's also just as fun to watch people play it badly when they make terrible decisions. And it's, uh, it's compelling viewing it is reality tv right on on, but on a much more gory scale and um yeah and it's It's just it just feels so human
1: like i mean it it both combines not having to actually talk to i mean unless you're playing in like uh duo or in team mode but then then presumably you're playing with friends you both don't have to like deal with like all chat and people yelling at you and also it does when you're faced off against somebody it does feel very human like you're You can feel their decisions and them making arbitrary choices and trying to deal with the situation in a way that kind of you often don't get with other games. They're just kind of doing, okay, if I'm in this situation, then this is the best way to use my ultimate or use to use this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, I I think the effect also does suffer from muzzle flash syndrome. Muzzle flash syndrome is when you if you see a muzzle flash, you're probably dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what Armour did. You know, oh, you can see someone fire it. Oh, damn yeah it's that's how weapons are now that's what they're (laughs) like now believe it or not they can shoot for miles you know but um yeah good 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 call anything else um i think
1: uh oh another game i've been playing this is came came around through my flatmate cat brewster um recommended me is a a, this is like dress up game called love nikki um Okay. Which is which is a mobile game, um, so it's like this kind of paper doll dress up game, but it's got this most most, and it's like kind of a slightly slightly clank- clunky tr- translation, and it's this massively overly baroque UI, just like in this kind of really Laura Ashley kind of style. Yeah. Um, but, and then then the plot is like, ah, this is a world where all, the, it's a world driven by endless war and there's these legendary artifacts you need to collect, but all war is negotiated through like dress-up battles where you have to dress up in the right outfit and then look better than the other person. Um, and it's got like, like all those kind of grinding to get the right outfits in order to kind of progress through. Um, but a completely ridiculous storyline and it's just so overblown and over the top and like weird, weird gory bits like, hey, let's do this, do this quiz where you have to talk about what happens if you went to a creepy hospital and um, and the outcome of you might win a giant syringe to pose with. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's 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 this yeah um, massively overblown um, kind of just even the intro is just like ah there's been war for thousands of years but one hero has finally came and it's like cool yeah no I'm wearing a nice dress so I've won this war um, and I've claimed these legendary artifacts.
0: Um, it brings a whole new meaning of Emperor's New Clothes, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And the clothes are super cute, though,
0: as well. So, you know, that also really
1: helps. What,
0: what kind of mind... Never mind. I don't want to know. <laughs> comes up with this stuff. Like, oh, God. Oh, God. So, yes, fashion show stroke war game. That that completely makes sense. Where else would you find it but in the video game? Oh, exactly. So, that's the end of the first half. So you made it. Okay. <laughs> and, um, so let's, um... Let's just go to Harry, let's, 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 let's delve straight into peace of balance. so first question to you george what is beasts of balance so beasts
1: of balance and you can kind of hear me kind of you know, I don't know, revving up for the kind of pre yeah. pitch i've given, yeah. given a thousand times, but so Be- of times. Be- beasts of balance is it's a digital physical game where you're stacking these kind of physical these beautiful kind of physical artifacts on a plinth and as you stack them up and you build this kind of more and more precarious tower um you're building a world on the ipad full of these kind of yeah these wonderful creatures um so you're trying to level them up try to make them more and more fabulous um try to keep them alive as they get jealous of each other um, and you're doing all of this just by scanning and stacking these different objects um and then when they when the tower collapses if you can't rebuild it in time then a volcano goes off and your world is destroyed um yeah and if you can get all of the pieces on then You've kind of won the game you get a points bonus for that but more likely it'll collapse and you'll scramble to try to put the thing on and then just knock the whole tower over um that's 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 basically in a nutshell it's a perfectly straightforward everyday video
0: game it is not a perfectly <laughs> straightforward and everyday video game it's not brown either it's definitely although not the brown v- yeah the volcano's a bit brown but no it's generally not brown um i don't know how we're going to start we're gonna start anyway i mean the, the the models are exquisite they're made out of something i don't know what but it's got this weird soft plastic that isn't soft yes yeah, um,
1: so I, I mean actually i can tell you the kind of details for that so they're made out of like a fairly fairly standard abs plastic um that many things are made out of kind of injection molded um but in order to get that finish, we've applied like a rubberized coating um right. and that's just to give them enough friction so that they don't slide everywhere so that you can kind of stack up with them. And yeah, yes. that gives them this really tactile kind of feel.
0: They um, do, and I love the flame ones as well, and I've seen people try to balance the flames on top of each other. Like, they're in tears. Uh, it's totally it's totally doable. You just
1: it's need totally to doable. just need to know how to do it. Yeah.
0: You need to know how to do it, you need to, it. You need to drop it in not drop it in, slowly, slowly twist it in yeah, just like, yeah. and then just and then let go just at the right moment. Uh, just as the cross thing falls over and kills the line, um, but no, I've seen it happen. It's it's great, you know. It's <sighs> it's such a uh, to say it's a tactile game is a stupid thing to say because obviously it is. But just to get uh, understanding, uh, listeners, so you have a scale which is powered by batteries. You turn that on. It's a Bluetooth device that links to your tablet, whether it's Android or iOS. Uh, I believe. I see the platforms you support, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah. Android, iOS. Kindle,
0: yep. which is basically android as well oh, okay and um you then that has an app which is free uh, yep. but you do need the game with all the pieces and um that's the very physical thing and uh the, the current version i'm going to say that because there is a second version coming um the current so, version uh, is it's a ultimately a cooperative game where everyone's trying to help with the getting the most points uh, because they make prizes and uh and you're trying to create more and more weird and wonderful monsters and beasties. Not monsters, sorry. Lovely creatures. Uh, based on the, you know, the founding creatures that you have. I have the lion one because I got it from E.G.X. and you were doing a, a promo there. But uh, there's also a warthog and a, a shark. Um... Although, when I play it with my friends, they always make reference to the pathetic sharks and Viz, which is, you know, it's a bit unfair. Yeah. But it's like, it's not. It's a perfectly good shark. But, it's uh, a great shark, yeah. It's a great shark. And also, I, I love, love people shot. generally put him on his snout with this big, sort of precarious. Sort that's, of like, that's the
1: best way to stack him. That's, that's is, the best way, yeah.
0: yeah. It is the best way to stack him. The eagle's a bit of a tricky one. Uh, people like putting him on. Right way up. And so if you do that, you can't put anything else on him. So, you okay, can't
1: just about can. There's a tiny little spot at the front of the wings that's yeah, just about large enough. But, it's just yeah, about no, it's...
0: large enough. But generally speaking, it's hard. But the Pelican's a bit... People think of Pelican, oh, he's nice and so straight. No, he's not. No! You know, if you do it too late with the Pelican, then you're in trouble. You're in mm. trouble with him. But no, it's just fascinating that, that not only... I mean, you scan it. So there's a little thing that you, you have to scan each device, each thing. You yeah. scan it and then you place it on the on the dial and uh, provided it's stable it stays stable you then are rewarded with some you know the game rewards you with, with that <coughs> success but interestingly enough there is other things that happen that are time-based but before we do that let's talk about the firefly no i'm talking Mm-mm. about yes yeah. not the tv show we love the TV show one does you, can talk that, about the, you can talk about the TV show if you want <laughs> we could and the board game which is another discussion for another time but no we're talking about Firefly uh, and the Firefly in the Visa little little dude mm, yeah let's explain what he does and then we'll well this is how I interpret what he does you may think I'm getting it wrong but if the Firefly lands on your on a creature and then you press you scan something in just as it happens and you've got an element or something that enhances that then you get a super boost for that particular creature in broad terms and then provided that thing is then set on the scale and actually doesn't sort of disturb it all is well is that
1: right yeah yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. so uh yeah no, so he he operates on the kind of um fire elements which give a boost to particular creature also for migrate and cross which make weird forms weird hybrids and weird versions of creatures you've got in your world like it could make a land shark or a a bear
0: bear, i I like i like flying yeah i've I've done the bear but i've done the land octopus which is quite fun oh yeah 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 yeah, Uh, uh, it's awesome um but um yeah no there's why
1: I mean, the, how did the this come section. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like it, like like most things in this kind of thing is like, you know, it's a trying to find a good solution to a problem. So in the original prototype that you played back at EGX, the very first one, right, um, it was this actually completely different game. It was a two-player game, um, it was kind of really deep and strategic, and completely not what people expected when they saw the pieces. So kind of shifted away from that a bit, just to kind of bring our game in line with what people expected and not just overwhelming in terms of complexity. Um, and, you know, just the version we came up with was, was just more fun, um, okay. which, which can be important. Um, but one thing we had in that that, that was also bad uh, was you'd scan the thing, and you have to tap on the tablet to, to confirm it. Um, and kind of seeing that, and the way that kind of broke up the flow of it, and the way that it was harder to teach, made yeah. me go, okay, we really need to sort of simplify this down. So it should just be scan, and then you place it on. And if you've scanned it but changed your mind, then tough, you've still got to stack it. Um, don't don't scan it if you're not sure. That's that's fine. It's fine not to give people the option here. Um, and so when we were putting these pieces in, we kind of came up with the idea of these pieces will affect. Uh, particular beasts and the, we came up with the fire thing and this needs to affect a particular beast and it feels unfair if you can't select which creature it's going to affect it's just a bit too limiting on the game so it's like well how can we do it, a selection thing without you know you, you couldn't scan it and then you have to go to the tablet and then press the thing that it's going to affect that could work um, but actually people are not going to probably pay attention they're not going to know oh if you scan this piece you need to go look at the tablet before you stack it um, so working through that flow kind of felt difficult. So it's like, well, how can we have it selected? Maybe, maybe it works on the timing of when you scan, um, was kind of the option we ended up going for. And then it's like, well, if you go on the timing of when you scan, how is that represented on the screen? And then we were like, well, how do we make the fire this fire piece work? Good timing and then we were like oh obviously it's a firefly that's hovering around and then obviously if it's a firefly you want to see the firefly's face and give it a name and have it say chirpy things to you um
0: yeah, this, yeah. just to be clear to everyone it is not a natural firefly spaceship no it is a <laughs> firefly yes exactly yes
1: um so yeah it just entirely came out of like a interaction design thing but you know um, it's lovely. Turn...
0: It's, uh, it's. I mean, we haven't really spoken about the graphics too much, but it is very plain and simple. It reminds me of the little felt models that I played with mm-hmm. when I was a very young child, where you cut out little bits of felt and stick them together and, <coughs> and make these. It just look. It just, that's, all, that's all it reminds me of. Um, whether it's uh, you know what you were going for, I don't know. Yeah. No. I mean,
1: because because I didn't do the art myself, I can entirely say, yeah. No, I think it's lovely as well, and all credit yeah. to. Uh, Lyle, who did the 2D art for just, yeah, this kind of amazing art style and kind the, of... The animation, yeah, everything always,
0: moves. Really. Everything moves. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's Kyle
1: McKernan. I just want to shout out to him, who, who yeah. did a great job on kind of coming in and especially could go to work out a system for animating all of the weird crosses and migrations as well, which, you know, was a you task.
0: Do, you do <laughs> get rewarded for, for, for good deeds. And that's this game <laughs> just really does, the more you put in, or more, so I say, the more you pile. Uh, right. The better off you, you become. But um, speaking of piling on things, you did say that you shied away from interaction, but not entirely, did you?
1: No, exactly. So, I mean, it's always this kind of thing of like, you know, if you've set up a rule for yourself within the game, you naturally yeah. want to see what happens when you break it in this kind of one one circumstance. Um, so,
0: so, some items that are placed in the scale device require the player to interact with the screen. And the scales. I mean, it's basically these weird shapes. Really weird shapes. They kind of have flat surfaces, but ultimately they don't. Um, there's one with a big sort of... Like, it looks like a big S. And there's one that looks like a lump of rock. Uh, and I think, it's, uh, I I think the other two uh, immediately spring to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, it. And uh, they basically... Once you put them on, <coughs> fair play to you if you've done it. Well done if you've got that on. And then... While they're on, they just do things, don't they? They, they, they. There's a moon that passes by. You have to tap on yep. five times. Why was is this something you just said? Okay, well, if you if you think you're smart, now you got to do this.
1: Right, exactly. So kind of like a extra extra challenge to it. I mean, it's like you know. If, if you're pretty good at the game then the kind of stacking doesn't give you much of an obstacle and like obviously you can put a bit more complexity into kind of the scoring or what you're choosing there which you know kind of works but actually what's fun is the the stacking is how do you get the thing on and how do you make that more difficult it's like well now you've got to do it one-handed or you've got to kind of constantly be distracted whilst you're stacking stuff on or you've got to do it against the time limit so you're kind of endless like tweaking and carefully balancing a thing and testing it suddenly you can't do that suddenly you need to just rush to put it on um and obviously also making it so that these kind of extra challenges are optional. So, oh, it's fine if you can't do that, or if you want to if you want to not opt in for that extra difficulty until right near the end, you can you can do that, you won't get as many points. But um, for, if you do want that kind of extra difficulty, if you do want the highest points, then you should put these on early on early and then keep them going the whole time as they get harder and harder. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. But I mean, it is, it is kind of just about the, you know, um, we've made a game where you don't need to touch the kind of tablet or, or phone screen at all so now suddenly there's a bit where you have to hold down on it whilst you're stacking and suddenly you have to do it one-handed or suddenly you have to do it constantly there's a thing to kind of keep your attention on whilst you're trying to look through and make these kind of difficult decisions mm. um, yeah and then also things that can combine together so you know the timer can happen at the same time as the distraction. Um, because obviously those two things can happen at the same time. and that's, They
0: can, they can. They interact Ooh. kind
1: of interestingly. So, yeah, it kind of came out of that. Um, and, yeah, just just came out of, a, I don't know. I mean, it comes out of, like, classic board game design of, like, hey, do this, like, difficult dexterity task. Hey, yeah. do this difficult dexterity task. But there's an extra complication to it. There's an extra silly thing you have to do at the same time. Um, and also just stuff that we can kind of enforce digitally. Like, we did play around with some stuff where it would just be entirely like gives you a rule and you have to keep to that and you'd have to decide amongst yourselves whether you were keeping to that but ultimately that felt like it I don't know like this is a weird kind of tension between being a video game where like you can't cheat in a video game like obviously there are cheats but you know like you're not breaking the game by doing that you're just playing it in a different way
0: yeah
1: Um, because you know video game enforces its own rules and there's kind of like you know there's like there's physics like it's like the laws of physics you can't break the laws of physics because if you did so there wouldn't be the laws of physics that's like no, no way you be so. a,
0: you'd be in another universe didn't you? then you exactly they're, yeah they're, 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 they're laws of physics but anyway but, but in, a board, this...
1: in, a, in a board game the rules are kind of like laws that can be broken like human laws yes um you can play a board game wrong you can't play a video game wrong
0: that's so right. it's kind of well, it kind of came plays down monopoly wrong or everyone well you shouldn't play monopoly in the first place but right yes, exactly didn't leave you place that game wrong like
1: you can cheat in a in a board game in a way you can't in a video game or that's right i guess you can a the video game anyway so yeah it came down to this kind of like decision as to what kind of game we were making whether it was a board game or yeah, it's it was
0: a definitely game. a more of a video gamey aspect right. of it and it became much more like oh okay okay i've got i've got Two seconds now to put this on. Do it, do it, oh, no. Um So, I want to talk about the <coughs> models now. The models, the form of them is very unique. Their styling, there's very sort of, definite thought put behind them. Mm. How did you go about designing these beings?
1: Um, so again, also I should say I can I can I can talk about how great they are without feeling too big-headed because they are, are all the design of uh, Tim who Seaward, okay. uh, all the kind of physical product design kind of stuff. Uh, but obviously, the you know it was a kind of collaborative going back and forth kind of process. Um, and like so, I mean, obviously, a bunch of it comes down to just you know trying to find shapes that convey the beasts or the parts of the elements or are kind of interesting shapes that look really attractive and feel good to touch, um, or you know, in the case of the elements, things that can slot together as kind of two halves of a thing. Um, but then beyond that, you know, you kind of obviously need to have the kind of stacking part of it as well. And there it comes into like building them so that they've got these kind of parallel surfaces. Um, so that you know you put it down, put the eagle down sideways and then there's another big flat surface to kind of stack on. Um, the cross and migrate are these extra big flat what things so you can kind of build a but kind of pile of kind of jumbled up stuff and then put a cross my grate on and then suddenly you've got more surface to kind of build on um so that's kind of built into the shape of them um making the heights kind of line up so that if you play a couple of these things in one of these then it'll line up to the height of these other things
0: yeah
1: like i've got got in front of me if you put the bear on its side and then the toucan on top of that that's the same as the eagle going sideways so i
0: have noticed that and i've exploited that Exactly. Much to the chagrin of my, like, <coughs> not chagrin, but amazement. I'm like, how? i played it a lot. <laughs> so look, they won't work, so Trust me. Look, see, see, see? There's modular there. What, in a warthog? Yes, trust me. It's, there's some symbiosis going on. I also right. wouldn't work, you know. I mean, it, it is t- possible t- to stack them all onto that um, totally. everything. It is possible.
1: Totally, yeah. I mean, we, we I mean, most of us in the studio can do it fairly
0: reliably i think
1: so you know right. more practice can get you there um but yeah and it's kind of hitting that balance of like you don't want it to feel like a puzzle where there's a right way to stack it and no. you need to figure out the right way to do it but you also want to have it like kind of kind of uh not so it's just like oh there's a bunch of forms they don't relate to each other um chaotic lego i think went around the office a few times when we were doing that oh, okay yeah yeah yeah
0: that does feel a bit like that so speaking of um, collapsing and failing and things. <laughs> yes. When the pile of models of models do collapse, and a volcano appears on the screen. Yes. And that offers some time for the players to repair the damage they've inflicted on their, <coughs> their, their pile. Has this always been a fail state? Has it always been there? Or how did it come about? Well... You could have just said, oh, you screwed up, that's it, you're done.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's always been, it's always like, I mean, it's a a stacking game. So kind of the natural point to end it is when it collapses and like, that's the moment of greatest tension. So you kind of want this kind of escalating tension builds up to a point and then it's collapsed and oh, all this tension has been released. And that's kind of a natural place to end the game. Um, So kind of naturally ends there, but um, like, in the first version we had we kind of had this concept of like a minor and major collapses so if,
0: okay. if it's a big
1: collapse then the game's over if it's a small collapse then you can kind of carry on with it um, but kind of what the threshold was for when it's a thing be minor versus major yeah. how do you communicate that like it, mm. it wasn't even really clear to us as to which one a thing would be yeah.
0: uh,
1: and it felt like you needed to just kind of intuitively see ah this will be this will either kill the game or it'll be worth trying to restack um, or something like that but so, yeah, yeah we,
0: we covered about twice I think and that's oh, very yeah. early on when I was a bit overzealous with one of the, right. the uh, okay. migration bars and like oh I'll just shove it, I'll just shove it over Before, no it but, but, I mean
1: how often when it collapses do you kind sort of scramble to try to stack them back up
0: oh no I mean I, I do manage no I do always I always try exactly yeah yeah, yeah. But you so, always try I mean, even if it's no it's just impossible you always try exactly yeah i mean that, that's
1: the thing i love love about it in fact the thing i really love about the kind of volcano thing is when one or two things came off and it would be pretty easy to restack it yeah but then you just knock the entire tower over in that
0: scramble to try to put those on against yeah the fire it's on just it. absurd you've got 30 seconds you're not gonna do it it's like no no right. it's uh, it's to yeah it's going to tears.
1: Because think how satisfying the game would be if one or two things fell off, and then you know it's like, oh, the game's over. And I'm like, but almost all of it's there, ah, oh, that's frustrating. Much yeah, better yeah. that one or two things fall off, and then you try to put those on and just knock the whole thing over. And then, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's, that, that's a satisfying ending.
0: That's, that's, that's a satisfying ending, yeah. You try to repair the damage, you make it worse. Yeah. Which, you know, because what I've found when I'm building those stacks is that you think <coughs> you've got solid foundations for it, and you go, oh, I could just put that there, just put a counterbalance there. Not realizing that the you've got an off kilter balance elsewhere and you're actually going to create a cascade event. Mm-hmm. And that that's quite common, you know. Um, so, uh,
1: the other thing the volcano does as well is it yes. also means that you can deliberately take a thing off if you're like, Oh no, these things are in the wrong wrong place. Yes. You can like deliberately take them off, restack them. If you can do it within the seven seconds, then you know, yeah for it. But, you know, you're yep. always risking the end of the game by trying to put yourself in a slightly better position, which also feels fun to me.
0: So that's the last of the questions about the current edition of the game. But we know that there's a new one on the horizon <coughs> and you've yeah. got a Kickstarter campaign going on at the moment yep. while we were broadcasting this show. It would be over by the 4th of August, is that right? Uh, Not fourth, no seventh, seventh, seventh. Yeah, seventh. Yeah, I we're releasing early on morning football. on the eighth, I think. Yeah. So yeah, so we normally, you know, this show is normally Evergreen, but in this instance, we'd uh, thought we uh, we'll talk about a game that's in the midst of uh, being re-released, if you will, or being enhanced. I should say, with a second edition, yeah. and this time it's bringing in some of the stuff you mentioned earlier about the earlier version of the game. I think by making it a two-player or multiplayer <coughs> adversarial experience, yes,
1: yeah, so up, up to three players. Um,
0: okay. Adversarial kind of thing. Sure, yeah.
1: So yeah, I mean, we we obviously started off with a kind of versus mode, and we've had a lot of kind of requests for it because it's, it's a cooperative thing that's not, not always kind of people's cup of tea
0: no I um, know a lot of people despise co-op games I mean exactly, genuinely which, hate them which I mean you um, know
1: I mean like I think they're wrong but you know like they are
0: they're in the land of wrong they are, the, <laughs> they are the emperors of wrong but you know we pat them on the head and go that's nice right for sure
1: I mean but also there's, there's super interesting stuff so I mean in the in the battles mode which, which will be a kind of free which yeah so you've got these so in the battles mode, you get these uh, extra kind of 16 cards that you get to get to play with as well. Um, and instead of just scanning, scanning and placing these artifacts, you can also scan these cards. Um, and in the battles mode, you are each controlling a different region. Um, so like I could be land, you'd be sea, the other person would be air. Um, And we're each the god of that region and we're trying to make that region the best against each other. Um, So when we place beasts in, they go into our region and we're trying to play migrate to steal beasts off each other. We play these cards to, one of the cards is Smite. So you play Smite and I can say, ah, yes, one of your beasts is dead. And then you can play um, a card and then, ah, no, it's resurrected again. So there's kind of this kind of like back and forth kind of thing going on. and in this when the volcano goes off instead of the volcano kind of going up and we've got five seconds to rebuild it instead when the volcano goes off um, there's like kind of lava balls that rain down from the sky Mm -hmm. and do damage to um, if I I set it off then it does damage to my beasts so it kind of combines the life points of my beasts with how long you've got to restack it Um, Mm. so the more points you have the more chance you have of rebuilding it over this time Um, so you've got this kind of yeah like hooking up between the physical and the digital
0: in that kind of I think quite nice way yeah yeah. there's dragons and things as well isn't there?
1: yes yes yeah. exactly so we've also got these uh, extra legendary creatures which kind yeah. of like beasts except they've got these kind of extra twists to them so you've got the, the uh, grumpy dragon which comes in um, and you've got to keep him him happy or else he'll kind of breathe fire over your beasts and fly off and go give a points bonus to somebody else um, and the space whale um, which is obviously a hitchhiker's reference um, which is a whale that comes into existence. This was one of our stretch goals we've unlocked. It was, in, yes, yeah. Comes into existence above your world, and you've got to kind of steer the iPad to bring him down, um, so he belly flops onto somebody else's beasts and does damage to them.
0: Wow, it's just yeah, it's, it sounds amazing. It's got such an an extension to Beast of Balance, which, by the way, the the, the quality of. The product is amazing. The build quality, I should say, is just really, really high. <laughs> and, yeah, it's um, really put. I mean, the box, the packaging, everything, the whole presentation is quite extraordinary. It really is very special. Um, and uh, I played a lot of board games, and uh, this, the, the, this, the, the standard is very high, very high indeed. Um, can't say it's the same for Clank. What's wrong with you people? Anyway. Um, great game, terrible products, but so we've got it lends on the seventh. Um, it's already past the stretch goal, yeah. There's lots so, of different bundles, isn't there? Exactly, yeah. So,
1: um, we're also also in the Kickstarter, we're doing three new beasts. Yes. Um, so there is a chameleon, there is a flamingo, and there's an anglerfish, so kind of extra beasts for each region.
0: Mm. So, those are
1: coming out as well.
0: Um, what about if? The- there's a ghost thing or something
1: there's a ghost crab you can also add on yet yeah, so that's a yes. crab that can either be in the sea or on the land and it's kind of this translucent kind of spooky green kind yes of thing. Oh, um yes. and like also i want to say like if you're listening to the podcast and the kickstarter has already ended obviously you can still buy the base game and mm-hmm. the expansions and stuff will come out at some point next year once we've you know finished making them um yeah. but if you're listening whilst it's still going on you can back the kickstarter you get the game a bit cheaper so that's a kind of nice thing even if you're just interested in the base
0: game. Yeah, and the kickstarter if you already got the base game, don't worry, you can actually just back the expansion and you Yeah, yeah, of course. get that instead. So, you know, it's all very, very nicely broken down, very 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 well. So, well that's it. Ah, lovely. Yeah, it's been it's, been it's been great having you on. Um I do wish you the very best of luck and your I mean it's already broken the um, original funding, so we're already you know, you're already there. But it just means more money coming in. Well what yeah. for you guys. Oh, exactly, well, yeah.
1: So you know <laughs> still, still got some stretch goals to unlock, still still yeah. more,
0: more stuff to do. It's a, it's a lovely thing when when that happens and uh, yeah, I just had to have you on. I mean, ever since I saw your EGX and I had this exchange with you and your your colleagues at every I mean I saw your UK game expo and said well, right, i yeah, yeah. talking to you. We really need to do this, like, yes, we do, don't we? <laughs> and uh, thank, thankfully, when this Kickstarter came in, and I got a, I got a, a message from your PR people, and said, finally, there you go. And then we we linked, so here we are, and here we were. And that's uh, George. It's been again. I got thank you very, very much for your time and honestly, and being so open about the development of Bees of Balance and your and your past as well. It's been fantastic having you on. It's been entirely
1: my pleasure. It's been a yeah, lovely chat.
0: any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer who listened to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the computer game show, which is the stablemate podcast, shall we say, of Spong.com. Bye!